In the other hand, she waved a wand, topped with a pink plastic shell and trailing blue and green ribbons. Behind her, Billy held up his hands in a gesture of helplessness, his face contorted into an expression that was half amusement, half exasperation. Tell him, Mummy, Grace jabbed the wand at her bare feet. Mermaids don't wear Wellingtons. Ella sighed. Her head was throbbing from a combination of too much Pinot Grigio and a night of confused dreams. She took a slug from the coffee cup in her hand and frowned at Billy. Daddy, of course mermaids don't wear Wellingtons, especially mermaid princesses. She balanced her cup on a pile of books and crossed to where Grace was poised on the brink of a full-on meltdown. You're absolutely right, darling. She smoothed the curls from Grace's sticky forehead. Mermaids only have tails, poor things, which is why they can't stomp around in all those puddles. She glanced out of the window at the courtyard, where the cobbles were gleaming with pooled water. Poor mermaids, such beautiful puddles too this morning. When she looked back, Grace had already hit the floor, her fingers catching in the handkerchief hem of her costume as she scrabbled to pull on her boots. Billy applauded her silently. Socks, he mouthed. Ella shook her head. Come on then, Mademoiselle Mermaid. Billy held out Grace's yellow raincoat with a mock flourish. Don't be silly, Daddy. Grace was all smiles now. I'm only a pretend mermaid, aren't I, Mummy? She flung her arms around Ella's neck, covering her face with moist kisses. Bye-bye, Mummy, she sang. Love you. Ella put out her hand to slip the bolts on the shop door. She winced as a crackle of static. Familiar shivers of green and silver nibbled at her fingers. Elle? Billy laid a hand on her arm. Are you sure you're okay? She shrugged. Of course, just tired, that's all. She found her coffee, raised it in a mock toast. Nothing this won't fix. Right like the wind then, Billy said. Strictly no distractions. He wagged a finger at her. Ella watched them go. She stood in the window as they slithered hand in hand across the cobbles, Billy ducking under the archway that led out onto Grape Lane. The tall, slim man in jeans and a navy nylon parka, the little girl with blue-green streamers escaping from the bottom of her raincoat, stomping to make the soles of her Wellingtons light up. Billy and Grace, her family, the two people she loved most in the world. She pulled the sleeves of her sweatshirt further down over her wrists, cradled the coffee cup to her chest. There it was again, that faint humming in the air, unmistakable this time. A haze of silver around the doorway, whispers in the corner of the room, the signals. How often she found herself wishing that they would just leave her alone. It was always worse when she was tired, this so-called gift that had been handed down to her through a long line of Jabrani women, Mama, Madaba Zorg, the aunts back in Tehran, and so many women before them. Most of the time she could control it, keep it at bay, but then it would come to her at the most inconvenient moments, usually when she was worn out, reaching the end of her tether. It was enough to drive you a bit bonkers. When she'd first tried to explain to Billy how the signals worked, she hadn't known how to put it into words. It wasn't like all that second sight stuff, not exactly, because it involved all her senses. She saw colours and shapes, but she could also taste the signals, feel them on the backs of her hands, hear them crackle and whisper in the air.
Around other people, they might shimmer and vibrate or spark in sudden warning. Synesthesia, Billy had pronounced. That's what it sounds like. Aunt Allwright is a bit like that. Other people will never really understand, Karina, Mama had always said. They will say there is a simple explanation, or they will think you're a bit, you know. She tapped the side of her head. Cuckoo, not quite right. Usually better not to tell them anything. Today, the courtyard outside the shop was empty and silent, but she could already feel the air tremble around her shoulders, barely perceptibly, as if it was a second stretched skin. The marmalade cat, who usually came inside when it was raining, even allowing himself to be stroked by enthusiastic customers, was skulking in the overhang of the doorway, back arched, fur bristling. Ella thought again of the dream she'd had last night. Mama had appeared at the bedroom window, her fingertips tapping at the glass.